The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find. We were four years Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast and I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, we'll share the news, knowledge, and strategies you need to navigate the ever-changing world of SEO. Ready to expedite your company's organic growth efforts? Sit back, relax, and get ready for your daily dose of search engine optimization wisdom. Here's today's host of the Voices of Search podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friend Tyson Stockton, who is the co-founder and educational partner at Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's an episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Tyson Stockton from Previsible. Hey, my name's Tyson from Previsible, and this week we're discussing SEO testing. Joining me is Will Critchlow, who is the CEO at SearchPilot, which is an SEO AB testing platform and meta CMS that enables rapid SEO changes for large websites. So far this week, Will and I have talked everything SEO testing. We've covered SEO testing fundamentals, SEO moneyball, testing cadence and objectives. And today we're going to continue the conversation and we're going to talk about negative tests. All right, here's my conversation with Will, the CEO of SearchPilot. Will, welcome back. It's really great to be here. I'm loving this week. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I, I mean, we've hit a lot of, I think, really key points that I feel like a lot of SEOs out there probably have thought or they hear. And, you know, it sounds just like common sense, but they've had the barriers to it. 
so I'm really excited about bringing and kind of pushing this topic a little bit further along within the community. But I think an important aspect that we haven't touched on yet is negative test. And obviously we all, I mean, we were talking about casinos last time. We all want to go in, put the marker down on red 23 and win from it. But I think there's a kind of stigma that needs to be broken down that negative tests may not be a bad thing. So what can you share for the listeners on how they should be viewing tests and how they should be thinking about negative tests? Yeah, I mean, so I think the first thing I would say is, it came up in one of our conversations earlier in the week, but the idea that you can build business cases around all three kinds of tests, that the positive tests are like the obvious business case, right? Like you say, you started it out with some money and now you've got more money and that's, everybody wants more money. That sounds great. The negative tests are that at least you learn something. That's the main point. And you learn something that your competitors maybe didn't. And if your competitors are not testing, never rolling out a negative change is like a superpower that will enable you to consistently get ahead of them over time. And we probably won't get super deep into this today, but the neutral tests, you know, the kind of like, no detectable impact tests are also part of that business case as well because they enable you to expend less energy in other areas of the business, right? So less product and engineering effort and and so on, and less, less kind of maintenance of new features. But specifically on the negative tests, I think the first part that really I found surprising about this when we got into it was how unpredictable they are. And I, I guess this is good for the industry of testing because if they were super predictable, maybe you wouldn't have to run the tests anyway. But the discovery that there's a lot of things that we as SEOs have said for years that are at least in some situations not true is quite a big learning journey. Well, certainly for me, but but I think I think for us all uh, as kind of an industry, my kind of first main go-to example is just the number of times that we have done some keyword research and made some recommendation that says hey, we've discovered this insight about how your audience searches. And as a result, our recommendation is that we, we change this section of the website in these ways. I'm going to say every professional SEO has done that, right? It, it's such a mainstay of the way that we operate and the, the way that we think. And yet, sometimes we're doing damage by doing that. And this is was like really one of the more shocking realizations was and there are times when we say you should change your title tag in this way. And the title tag we came up with, even though we came with it from keyword research, the new one was worse. And sometimes not just a little bit worse. We've seen minus 27% organic traffic from a seemingly sensible title tag change driven off keyword research that people search more one way than another way. And maybe this shouldn't have been such a surprise. You know, our, our colleagues in paid search have historically had a huge part of their jobs being writing the advert, right? The, you know, the, the bit that people see and click-through rate being a huge driver of paid search performance because the same visibility, you can have a order of magnitude, different levels of click through and conversions on your website, depending on whether that advert is a good one or a bad one. And yet in SEO, we've always just kind of gone, well, we've done some keyword research. Here's my best guess, roll it out. And that's partly because we haven't had the tools to do anything better. But now as we increasingly have had that ability to run those kind of tests, yeah, we've discovered that too often professional SEOs are not much better than chance at being able to tell whether a change is going to be positive or negative. And even highly experienced SEOs using keyword research data can come up with 
underperforming ideas. And like I said, not just a little bit either. Yeah, and it's it's something that I think we all can kind of fall into. And you know, I hate to say it, but it's almost like maybe like a lazy tendency where it's like there are so many nuances, there are so many differences between industry type of query intent. All the factors are not going to be linear in this sense. So we can't really just take SEO best practices at face value, but we really do need to take into account like the website, the industry that it's in, the type of query, the intent behind that query, and all those other factors. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. With some of the tests that you guys have run, are there any... I mean, you mentioned the piece on like page titles, but any kind of notable negative tests that you could share that maybe debunks some of these SEO myths that we have? Yeah, so the two that spring to mind. One is a test that we've run... And we have seen this go in different directions. This is another example of needing testing, but the content quality type tests. So we've got we've done a number of different tests around different axes or dimensions of content quality. But the, the most memorable one that was a negative one was testing what happened when we removed a block of seemingly really terrible boilerplate you know, SEO content if you like, from category pages on an e-commerce website. So this was, you know, the kind of stuff that's in like gray and tiny little font down the bottom that says, this is what a hammock is or whatever. And, you know, it's terrible. It's not designed to be read by users. No no user is even really scrolling down below all of the product images anyway. And even if they do, are they going to read this, what looks like complete boilerplate copy? So we tested removing it. And that was a negative. On that particular website, that was a negative impact. In other words, that terrible boilerplate copy was adding value. And I think... We've subsequently seen that improving the quality of that content was a good thing and drove performance. But that's not to say that the bad content was actually harming the website. It was actually doing some good. And I think that is a subtle point that can get mixed in with all kinds of different things. And this could be changing. We talked about the dynamic situation of SEO, right? The helpful content update might have something to say about this. But... I think it's easy to get caught up in in best practices and it would be very easy for an SEO to come along and say, 
this bit of SEO content here is clearly from the 2000s and the tactic is outdated and we're not going to do that anymore. And if they weren't testing, they might see that three to five percent percentage point drop, which might not be noticed. And I think I made this point in another episode that it, a three percent drop could get caught up in seasonality, Google algorithm updates, competitor actions, you know, that we see that kind of fluctuation all the time. So if you're not doing controlled testing, you might not discover that and you might not be able to spot it and, and undo that damage. That, that's one example. A slightly more interesting one in many ways, to my mind, was a test that we ran on Google's ability to write good meta descriptions. So, or rather search snippets, I suppose, right? They're, they're not literally writing meta descriptions, but the this is the idea that click-through rate is determined by everything that user sees on the search results page, whether it be the title, the URL, breadcrumbs, rich snippets, but in particular, the search snippet, which by default, normally quite often comes from the meta description on the page. Now, we had one particular example where a customer had nice, coherent, human-written, unique meta descriptions across a whole big site section. And annoyingly, frustratingly, Google wasn't using them. Google was using bits of snippets of stuff pulled from different bits of the page, and it was all messy, and it wasn't grammatically correct, and it just looked wrong. It looked bad. And so we ran a test where we wrapped the entire body of the page in the no snippet attribute, which basically told Google, don't use any of the text on the page for the snippet in the search results. And without that to work on, they essentially fell back and used the meta description. So now the meta description is used in all those, all those search results for all of the variant pages. And we saw a drop in performance. That was a negative test. And that told us that Google's ones were actually better. And this was really interesting because this went completely against the hypothesis. Everybody thought this was going to be a, an easy winner because they just looked bad. But it turned out that Google had that one advantage over us, which was that they get to write a different snippet for every query, whereas the meta description is a single meta description per page. And therefore, no matter what the user searched for, if it's going to land on that page, they're going to get the same snippet. And it turns out that that advantage dominates. In this particular example, for this particular customer, in this particular test, that even though they weren't super grammatically correct, the fact that Google had pulled a bit of the page that actually included the query that the user was searching for showed that that page was relevant. The user got over the fact that it wasn't grammatically you know, nicely put together, clicked on it anyway. And so, yeah, that, that, that's probably my most, the one I've been most fascinated by among all of our negative test results. And I think it is going to lead to interesting areas because meta descriptions today, titles, probably already in many situations, maybe even more than that tomorrow, right? You know, what's Google going to be writing or rewriting in years to come as they get better at this? Yeah, it brings to mind some of those more recent topical examples, kind of bringing back the little uh, debate that was going on on Google rewriting titles. And I think too, like you touched on helpful content, maybe a final piece on this. And I guess, I mean, first I would say, the underlining piece is we are operating in a shifting and evolving landscape. So regardless, never to be taking best practices at face value and to be validating those. But with this kind of shifting and changing landscape, helpful content update comes out, other things like that. Is there a need or is there like a recommendation that you have for potentially revisiting tests? Or is it like 
only looking forward and just testing everything that we're putting live? Or are there cases that you really kind of triggers you to revisit and revalidate something that was already kind of established as, hey, we know the right answer here? I would, with someone in the middle. So philosophically, I definitely wouldn't say we know the right answer and that it's a static right answer forevermore. You know, as I already said, it's a dynamic environment. And so I completely agree with you, like the world can change and it may be sensible to revisit tests. Having said that, we don't have a very formal pattern of, you know, structurally going back over those tests that have been declared winners in the past or losers. And that's mainly just because people always worry that the backlog of tests is going to run dry and it really never does. And so there's all, all, we're always moving on to new ideas and new pastures. I think that you're right, though, there is scope for particularly the event-driven version, right? It, a change happens in an industry or Google announces a change. Looking back over the database of past tests and saying, does that invalidate any of them? Maybe we should rerun that. I think that that could be definitely worthwhile. Fair. Well, that wraps up this episode of SEO Testing Week on the Voice of Search podcast. Thanks to Will, CEO at SearchPilot, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Will, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in the show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is at Will Critchlow, or visit his company's website, searchpilot.com. Okay. Thanks to Tyson Stockton, our guest host. If you'd like to get in touch with Tyson, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. But that's not the case anymore, thanks to Ahrefs. Because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 